There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Sasha. And I kind of opened the show just a little bit differently than I normally do, and I'm now feeling just a little bit off. It's okay. <laughs> but Sasha, how are you? I was going to say we could like normalize it and talk about the weather really quick. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> talk about the weather. I had a portion of like, Omaha where I where we live, at least Sasha and I, just there was a rain cloud literally sitting over my house for two hours. And other people in Omaha are like, yeah, it's not raining here. And it just was like downpour for two hours. So like the lesson is if you need rain, just go out and water because then, (laughs) (laughs) then automatically it's going to rain in Omaha, Nebraska. Exactly. You do that. It's also called World Series time, so it is inevitably very, very hot, very, very rainy, because that is just how the weather gods work with football, baseball, any any sport that requires things to stay on time. It does not. So once the College World Series ends, we will not have rain for like eight weeks. And it'll just be ridiculously hot and more humid while we wait. Well, (laughs) Yes. And I'm excited about this episode. We have a guest. And so we don't want to just keep we won't make her just listen to us talk about the weather. (laughs) But I do want to do one quick housekeeping note for those of you who are listening and going, hey, Aaron and Sasha, I thought that you were going to talk about name, image and likeness. The funny part is we were going to, but then we were off on our dates as far as like scheduling our recordings. So I don't want to make it feel like we're pushing that off. We're not. We are going to talk about that. Um, This will that will be our next episode. Name, image and likeness goes into effect Thursday, July 1st. So by the time we have the opportunity to talk about it, we'll actually have some deals to probably discuss mm. uh some headaches that have probably already uh, like come up but if there yeah. is anything where you're like i just want information hillvarsity.com i have a here's what you need to know uh we have other stuff so head there at least for the interim and we will i promise talk about that but we will push that to the side because that conversation can wait because we're really really excited about who we have on the show this week. Uh, as, as you know, we do want to have guests and mm-hmm. we like to step outside of the world of sports, especially because that is what this podcast is about, is not always <laughs> sticking to sports. And we're really, really excited to have, we're probably introducing her to some of you. You may have seen her on your TikTok. We talk about TikTok certainly enough on this yeah. podcast. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Danielle Delalio. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much. It's, it is exciting to have you because like I said, I talk about TikTok pretty much every single episode, huge, huge TikTok fan. In fact, like I, I badgered Sasha into getting TikTok 
But now, and I'm not taking credit for this, Sasha, I want to be clear. But now that you and Sadie are just like crushing it with Meathead Test Kitchen on TikTok, I mean, look at the success of the TikTok world. I suppose I should thank you for badgering (laughs) me into it because it is an undervalued part of social media, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It, uh, it's such a cool app. Um, I have actually found through mine, a lot of my, my primary feed is things like uh, dogs and animals mm-hmm. and true crime, which is yes. really where Danielle comes in. If you want to follow her, let's just tell you right now. It is, you can just search Spirit of Danny. It's Delaliad. Like, <laughs> I'm just kind of making it. Like, it's, it's basically her last name, D-E-L-L-O-L-I-O-D. And if you find her with nearly 600,000 followers, you, you have come to the right place. <laughs> yeah. Danielle, how are you? <laughs> Let's talk about this. This is so exciting. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm surprised that so many people want to hear me talk, but I'm good. (laughs) I mean, when I had the chance to first meet you, you made that comment where you said, like, I was just surprised that this many people (laughs) wanted to, like, hear me talk about this stuff. So let's let's talk about it. I want to know more about you. Let's what what started this for you? What prompted you to start a TikTok and how did you you know, go down the path of, as you say in your bio, true crime and justice for Johnny Depp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So basically um, my friend Nikki had actually got on TikTok herself. um, And I actually joined TikTok to support her because she had gone viral in uh, several video series of her making a cheap animatronic ripoff of spirit of Halloween. Like, you know, the store that like pops up <laughs> and all those Toys R Us has empty lots and stuff like that every year. Um, so Sam is like this, like character from one of these Halloween movies. And she was going to make like a ripoff one for her boyfriend. Cause they love to purchase like cheap stuff. Right. And she was like, I'm not buying that $200 cheap animatronic just for it to break, you know? Um, <laughs> so, um, I got, I got on just to join and like support her. And then I started making videos just for memories. Like it wasn't anything, you know, it was just like another Facebook or Instagram to me. And then all of a sudden, um, one night I started talking about, like during quarantine, I went down the rabbit hole of reading the court documents of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case. And I got down the rabbit hole of talking about that with a glass of wine in my hand and people got interested. So it's just kind of like tumbleweeded from there of like a snowballed, I guess, of like a bunch of people, um, watching for that. And then, um, I got onto true crime, which is weird. Cause that's definitely my wheelhouse. I went to school for journalism and criminology. Oh, that's awesome. So not yeah. just specifically journalism and criminology. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that it's kind of morphed into this because this was, you know, right down my alley. How does your background in, in those two areas, like help you dive into these stories a little deeper? It definitely helps with research, <laughs> knowing where to go to get reliable sources that aren't Wikipedia. Um, cause that's definitely important. Um, I do. Um, but then I think it limits me too, because I make, um, a many part series, which I'm not sure is like great for the TikTok format, <laughs> but a lot of people have followed them. So that's great. <laughs> I mean, I, I love though that I think that's kind of you know, storytelling is so important. And when we talk about like even stuff on this podcast and we talk about um, just looking for information, that is 
those are so vital no matter what you're interested in. Like people really should do the due diligence to spend time Mm -hmm. looking for a source that, like you said, isn't Wikipedia or isn't. Now, Wikipedia definitely serves its purpose, especially (laughs) when people are trolling on it. That is probably my favorite is when somebody ends up being like the (laughs) king or princess of something because uh, they're in the news right now. But I... I love that you kind of found that niche. So when did you start to, you said that you noticed when you were talking about this, that people seem to be interested, but when did it maybe like hit you where you realized, oh, this isn't like a one-off thing. This isn't like a one video thing, but people really want to hear more. Like when did that light bulb moment happen? I would say it would have been, um, when I talked about my first true crime case, um, on there, um, because a lot of people were following, um, for the justice for Johnny Depp content. And there was a lot to follow up with, with that, especially since he was in court at the time of that, um, fighting a defamation, um, lawsuit against, um, the son and kind of technically Amber Heard, but not really, that's going to come up later. Um, but there was like a lot of current stuff going on with that, but then, um, I saw a video, um, of this girl saying, what is a true crime that happened in your area that you think like the world should know about? And I was like, Oh, Maddie Clifton, um, that crime case makes me angry. That was the case that made me want to get into criminology and journalism. That was like, that's the case that formed me as a child. Mm -hmm. So I just did like a minute rant on it. And I was like, you know, let me know if you want like a part two, um, and I went to bed <laughs> and then I woke up at like 4 a.m. Cause I couldn't sleep because honestly, that case upsets me so much. Anyone that lived in the Jacksonville area at that time, it was a very upsetting case. Um, and I couldn't sleep just because of it. Cause I talked about it and I woke up and there was like already like a couple million fall, like, um, not followers, um, views on it. And I was like, wow. Oh my God. And so I rushed to make like a bunch of different parts to it. And then everybody was like, do the next one. And it just kind of like became almost a true crime series on my page. Um, out so of that. you. You experienced the moment where everyone was like, where's part two? (laughs) You're just doing this for clout. And I was like, no, I had followers for Johnny Depp. I didn't think they'd care about a true crime case that happened to me personally, you know, like (laughs) that's so funny. You kind of touched on it a little bit, like how, like why you chose to do that story, but like what about covering these like types of stories, like the true crime, like specifically sticks with you the most? Um, there's a lot we can change like in the world. Um, so it's definitely something that I try to do with every series that I do or every video that I do, where there's like a call to action of like, we can do something like not just leaving you with like this horrible story of like what happened, but like, there's an action we can take, whether it's mental health awareness, or if it's like, actually you can donate to this or like with the Kristen smart case, her family runs a scholarship um, fund in her name. So if you want to, you know, be a part of that, you know, um, there's all these different things that you can get out of these true crime stories instead of just like morbid details, you know? And, you know, it's, Obviously, I, I think anyone who is, it, it's okay. So there is a skit that was on SNL, I think this last season where it was like the husband, boyfriend, fiance, whatever partner leaves the home and the other partner was basically spending the evening like watching true crime because that is like what um, so many of us are interested in. And I don't want to just say women like it is a like it is we all have this thing, but it's like people who don't like scary movies, Mm -hmm. but like love true crime Uh is sort of this like oxymoron. But that is certainly me. It's 
real life horror. <laughs> it is real life horror. So I have to just ask, like, are you, were you like a, like a scary movie kind of person? Do you, do you like like the thrill of that? Or have, has it like, I think true crime comes with like a level of history that is very different than scary movies. So I guess walk through like your interest and how you found an interest in true crime specifically as you're kind of doing this. Yeah. Um, so I was one of those kids where I grew up like adoring Halloween. And I know that like, I know I have a lot of friends that like, aren't into the scary stuff at all, you know, don't want anything to do with it, but they can still sit down and enjoy a true crime documentary. Right. Um, but I was never a Christmas kid. I was always a Halloween kid, always into the scary Same. movies, you know, would sneak so up. So is Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas a Halloween or a Christmas movie? Oh. <laughs> I, just, I think that's why I don't like um, Nightmare Before Christmas. And so many people get mad at me. Yeah. <laughs> I just watch it consistently from Halloween to Christmas. It just like rolls. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be both. And I think that's why I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> But I do love Tim Burton, obviously. I mean, I'm a Johnny Depp supporter, so you have to love Tim Burton. (laughs) You do. Yeah, you do. (laughs) No, I mean, so you grew up, like, loving, like, Halloween and kind of loving that. But like like I said, and I kind of had never even, like, honestly, and this is part of why I love this podcast is I have these light light bulb moments all the time while I'm talking. It's like I hear myself say something. I'm like, oh, I mean, the history of true crime, I think, is so unique because Mm -hmm. obviously we want to learn something from it. We want to know how not to allow history to necessarily repeat itself, despite the fact that in many cases it does. Yeah. I also think people look at it and they they see it as I, I cannot believe that this is real. I cannot believe that this happened. And I like that you said, like, there's ways that you can take action because I think people feel helpless sometimes where it's Mm -hmm. like, you can be the most prepared person in the world and things will just happen. Mm -hmm. And I guess, what have you learned maybe about yourself as you have done more deep dives into true crime or even like a, a topic like Johnny Depp, like as you started to take these things on and do the research and, you know, engage with people? What have you maybe learned about yourself through this? Yeah. Well, I think even in talking about the Johnny Depp situation, um, I've learned that there's gotta be a point and purpose to why we're discussing what we're discussing. And the Johnny Depp, um, situation isn't just limited to the fact that, um, you know, this man has lost jobs, all sorts of things based on basically a lie. Um, but, the fact that men being abused isn't taken seriously. And when a man says he's abused physically, it's almost kind of laughed off. Like that couldn't happen. You know, Amber Heard's so much smaller than you, you know, on and on and on. How could you allow that to happen? And it's like, you would never say those sorts of things to a woman lately. I've gotten a lot. Well, it was a toxic relationship. And I'm like, but you wouldn't have said that about a woman saying, Uh, you know what I mean? Like this was an abusive relationship. So why are you saying it when a man is saying this was an abusive relationship? Oh, well you were both toxic to each other. So, you know, they both should be canceled. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but yeah, it's always, it's this like call to action that kind of keeps me going, especially with the true crime stuff too, because when you start pouring over these cases, it can get so mind numbingly depressing, especially when you look at cases like Casey Anthony, where there was really no closure to that case. There was no justice in that case, but what can we kind of pull, you know, from something like that, or how can we protect more children from something like that happening, you know? 
So I think just having a cause to back why you're talking, a reason of why you're discussing something, you know, especially on like a platform. Yeah, I think that that's like you put that so incredibly well. We talk a lot on this podcast about like doing research just to like see the other side of the coin. Like maybe there's a, an entire other way of looking at something that you haven't thought about because you haven't experienced it. And like, I think a lot of people specifically like when you bring up the Johnny Depp stuff, people are projecting what they think they already know because that's what they've learned their whole life. And I, I think that yeah. using a platform like that, especially for, for things like that and true crime is like a really great way to maybe help people see or, or realize something that maybe they hadn't thought about before. Yeah. And like to that point too, I've had a lot of people um, that weren't aware of the case. They they'll message me and say like, why do you care so much about two celebrities? And unfortunately, no matter how you look at it in North America, the celebrity system that we have, they're always going to be models for how we react in society to things. Mm -hmm. So if a man on that platform is not being taken seriously, what kind of model is that for a man that is going through it himself that works a, you know, just a normal job, you know, has a wife and kids and is being abused in his own home. What does that say to him when he looks at that and says, well, that guy's not being taken seriously, you know? So like, why, why would I even, you know, this is ridiculous, you know? So yeah, kind of crazy to look at it from that angle. And then also like, just to hear him talk about how he would have to go hide in his own home because she would get abusive with him. And he would be like, I'm out, I gotta go. Like, I can't, you know, I can't stay here with you hitting me, you know, and everything. And she's like, well, you're walking away for our, from our relationship. Like you're, you're leaving me behind. It's kind of, it's just crazy to like hear about and think about it from a normal man, man's perspective, because I'm sure that happens to more men than we're aware of because of the, um, how do you say it? The stigma of reporting that kind of abuse, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, it is relatable because like not to try, like not, I don't need to tie this to sports. I just want for people who are listening, because we do talk quite a bit on this podcast about how you need to listen to women or you need to listen to, um, we, we speak quite a bit about like listening to women, listening to people of color, listening to people who are typically in a situation that they are not listened to. And when we talk about things like say feminism and how feminism is for everyone, everyone should be a feminist. It is not about equality for just women. It is, it is a quality for all. When we talk about the importance of listening to people and when, you know, this, the reason that we, we speak about that is because when you have equality, it doesn't just benefit women, it benefits men. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that like, we're constantly grappling with where it kind of feels like it immediately turns into this, like, well, you're a man hater if you do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, I, I, I want the same thing. Like men should have the same ability to speak up and say, Hey, this thing is happening to me yeah. or I'm experiencing this, but we also aren't going to get there if we keep trying to do this. Um, well, I'm not listening to you because you're probably lying because you do that. And it, we just do not serve each other when we do that. And so that is like, I think my point being related is we just speak a lot about that where, um, I think people often say, well, what about men? And it's like, yes, what about men? Um, yeah, but yeah. to get to the what about men, we have to make it a system that works for all and not yeah. a system that like keeps allowing this kind of behavior. I think and too I think um, <laughs> that like, like having these kinds of conversations, we talk about having conversations is super important, but just normalizing the fact that like, 
mental health is super freaking important. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, in my opinion, I'm like super into like physical fitness and things like that. But I think your mental health is far beyond more important because if you don't have that, then everything else isn't going to follow in suit. And I think that, I mean, too, having like normalizing conversations about men's mental health, because really the suicide rates in men are, I don't know. I just saw like a stat the other day, so I'm not going to say the exact stat because I don't know it off the top of my head, but it is like in men, our age, mm-hmm. a little bit higher than women, because it's not normal to, for them to talk about it. And like normalizing yeah. those conversations is super important. Definitely. And I think by opening up that discussion that women have, especially in recent years concerning even the me too movement and what's yeah. been called out there has allowed men to open up because even look at Brendan Fraser, like still mm-hmm. talking about Hollywood, but look at Brendan Fraser. He didn't feel like he could really speak out about it until he saw his abuser at a me too movement organization, saw him dressed in black, standing in solidarity with all these women that had called out Hollywood. And Brendan was like, but you're a part of the problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and then he felt like he could actually go forward and do his GQ article that he did where he spoke openly about it. And even though the actors guild that that man was a part of, I can't remember what it's officially called, but um, they asked him to apologize for speaking out about, about it, but like, at least he's now speaking out about it and we know what happened to him and why he disappeared from the face of the earth, you know, um, after he'd been such a successful actor in the nineties, you know? So I think it definitely has opened doors, um, to be aware that all genders can be abusive and all genders can be abused, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I, I will say like the, the great part is in oftentimes, um, especially like in my, in my role or like in Sasha's role, like working in sports and male dominated industries, people kind of like, they don't want to know about your other interests. They don't want to know like, Hey, you also have these interests in other things or you care about them. I guess when you look at like knowing kind of how impactful these stories can be, or just, I know like it's, it's in many ways it's entertaining but also it is impactful because it, it shows people how they, they can make a difference or they can get involved or they can, you know, do their own thing. How can, how would you recommend to somebody who's like, you know, I have all of these interests, but maybe it doesn't match my day job. Like I, I go and I work as an account accountant, or I um, do this every day, but I have an interest in X and I would love to maybe make YouTube videos or TikTok videos or just start a blog whatever it is that might bring this passion out, what would you recommend, like, what would you give as advice or what would you say to somebody who's interested in taking a passion they have and sort of, you know, turning it into something? Yeah, I can only kind of speak to kind of what I did. And that was uh, quarantine, I think was an awakening for so many of us. Um, And so many of us who had let our passions kind of drop, like I was from the generation, I mean, and I'm sure you guys are too, the millennial generation of you can do, you can do, and you can be whatever you want to be. And then we found out, well, no, you really can't. But, and then we kind of limited ourselves too, I think, in that mindset of, you know, returning to our nine to five jobs and everything. And I think that the world is kind of having an awakening to the fact that we don't necessarily have to stay in these nine to five jobs. And um, so I just think like, finding that passion of yours. And it might not even be a passion that you ever thought you had. Like I had no idea that I cared so much about the Johnny Depp Amber Heard situation until I sat down and started looking at the court documents, but just kind of paying attention, being alive in the moment, I guess I find like Sasha was talking about mental health. 
I noticed a lot that I wasn't present in my day-to-day life um, before this whole quarantine conundrum happened with the coronavirus. Um, so um, being present every day and just kind of noticing things about yourself and knowing yourself, you'll find that passion and then you can kind of try to pursue it and you don't have to stick with your, hopefully your nine to five, you can branch off of it or at least have something secondary you're passionate about. I really like that you put it that way. And that kind of like leads me in a roundabout way to like the next question I had for you. Like, I think it's, we talk a lot about women and inclusiveness and uh, just overall, but like with a, a space like TikTok, I, and I know that the algorithm is kind of bonkers, but like I end up seeing and in like not even interacting, but that on my for you page, there's so many women doing so many amazing things. Like can you talk a little bit about like your feelings on the importance of women occupying spaces like TikTok or just social media in general, whether it be Instagram, YouTube, or what have you? Yeah. So I know like traditionally we're supposed to hate the generation that's following us. Um, but we have a bad ass generation of women following the millennial generation Gen Z. They don't put up with anything. I love it. And I love to see it on TikTok. And they call out even TikTok itself. Um, I've noticed there's a huge thing on TikTok where the algorithm tends to shift when our, um, you know, creators of color, when our creators that are from minorities, when they start to create, you don't see it on your for you page as much as you see, you know, someone like me and it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. And so they've done things like, you know, days where we don't post, you know, support our other creators, you know? And, um, I think that is just so important and it's so exciting to see a generation that wants to take hold and be an activist for the things that they care about and seeing all these women on this app, being able to speak out, speak their minds and just kind of call out shit when it happens. Um, I know I followed like so many women just because they're in a gymnasium, you know, they're working out over at planet fitness and some creep is like taking photos of them. And they're like, sir, excuse me, (laughs) this is creepy back up. And I just, I don't know. I love to see it. I love to see this generation that's following us and um, how outspoken they are. It's really cool. You know, so, yeah, it's, it's, so it's really interesting that you said that because this is not, this was on Instagram, but mm-hmm. yesterday the NFL shared a video. Now I want to, pr- I want to preface mm-hmm. this. The NFL certainly can do more, should do more. I do not want to say that the NFL is doing everything correctly, nor have they like, for instance, the big thing is this video was in response to pride month and people immediately were like, Oh, great. You can post this, but you can't post about uh, supporting Colin Kaepernick and black lives matter. Look, Mm -hmm. I am not here to argue with anybody who points that out 110%. My point though, with this to go along with what Danielle was saying is when they shared this video, I quickly shared it to my own Instagram stories because I was like, oh, this is so great. It's basically saying like football is gay, football is lesbian, football is, um, and it runs through a list of words and ultimately gets to the point of football is for everyone, which again, the NFL has not been great, but like steps are still steps. And so like, I'm excited, I'm sharing this. And then I made the mistake of opening the comments. And oh. like I said, the, the comments that had the concern about not supporting Black Lives Matter, uh, not supporting Colin Kaepernick, um, not being active enough in those spaces, 100% have no issue with those comments. But the ones I was like immediately just 
it, it almost is like you just feel like you get like punched in the face as the people who are like, no, ugh, I can't believe this. Oh, why? No, absolutely not. And like, I hate to say it. It is like the same type of person every single time. It is like an older white dude. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> my point, though, with that is, is like more often than not. And this gives me a little bit of faith um, that things are going to continue to get better is like Danielle said, like a lot of Gen Zers are in the responses calling these people out and being like, go to hell. Like if you don't want to support the NFL because you think it, um, because it's for everyone and you don't want it to be for everyone, then you can go get the hell out. Like you can go kick rocks. Mm -hmm. The same thing in the NBA. Like people have been saying the NBA is too political. The NBA is too this. The NBA has had like one of its best seasons as far as, um, viewership is concerned so like clearly this whole idea that like go woke go broke thing is like not true so I love to see a younger generation that is basically saying no these things that like we want to enjoy can be inclusive and can involve us and if you have a problem with that eat shit yeah get out yeah yeah like I I and I hate to say it like this and I'm, I, but I'm just going to be totally honest. Like they had their time. That time has ended. Like the stick to sports people, the, you don't have any right to talk about this people. Like your time's done, man. Like you had your time to be set in your ways and do things honestly. And a lot of our opinion wrong. Mm-hmm. It's time to evolve and change. And if you're resistant to change, like, cool, but you're going to be left behind. Sorry definitely not sorry <laughs> and it's actually tiktok where i've seen like i wish i would have i think i liked it so i'm sure i can go find him although sometimes with tiktok you lose a video and then it's like i'll never see you again <laughs> ever again <laughs> um but i did see an older an older gentleman who i uh, was on tiktok and he was basically like hey to my fellow boomers this is on us like i have spent just a little bit of time on tiktok and i'm learning so much from just like watching younger people talk about the things that they're experiencing and what they're going through yeah. and i am now seeing this from a different perspective and like this is on us like we're the ones who our parents said it need we life needed to be better for us and then we were supposed to pass that on but he he created a triangle so he was like you know for our parents they wanted us at the top of this triangle but instead of it continuing to like increase it has dropped off and instead of like stepping up and saying how can we help fix this we're just letting everyone start to fall and mm-hmm. I think that's been the beauty of TikTok for me. And I think that's what's so amazing about what you're doing, Danielle, is like it has given people a platform to talk about and share the things that are important to them or the things that make them happy or the things that inspire them and have given opportunities that I'd say like haven't always been readily available. And it it is quite literally for, I know people roll their eyes, but TikTok, in my opinion, if it can continue on the trajectory it's on and continue to try to be more inclusive, it does need to be more inclusive. But it is, it is probably one of the best social apps out there, in my opinion, at least at this point. And I think it's still in that phase that like we used to have with YouTube where it's still kind of the wild, wild west. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you can speak your mind on it. You can get your point across and you can, you know, kind of push your own activism out there, which I think is just so, it's so great. And it's so great to see young creators do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I, I love it. I have to ask you, have you had any just like kind of like surreal experiences, cool experiences, anything that has happened since your TikTok 
has continuously blown up where you're like, whoa, this is my life. How is this possible? Um, I've gotten to be on a couple of, um, podcast now. So that has been really cool. Just talking about the stuff I love. Um, and it's just really cool to think that this could be a possible, um, next step for me, like a possible true crime, like working in my own field, what I have done, you know? Um, so that's, it's really neat to kind of see it blossom like that and hopefully it continues. Um, but what has been really neat to me is, um, there's been several of like friends or people that have worked with Johnny Depp in his time frame that now like follow me on Twitter and stuff. So I'm like, Hey, (laughs) that's been kind of like a a weird experience. Um, so yeah, that's been kind of the coolest um, part about it to me. And then I think like, what's really surreal to me is my inbox is full of names and that can be depressing at times because it's missing people. It's you need to look into this case this case was really close to me. This is my mother. This is my sister. This is my brother. They're missing. So that, that can get heavy, but it's also like the possibilities to try to, um, bring people home. And in fact, I even spoke with a woman, um, just, uh, about a month ago and I worked on her mother's case, you know, for about a month, her mother's been missing for two years now. And we were able to make a series and get it out. The TikTok algorithm wasn't on my side with the series, but hopefully it reaches some more people and we can maybe get some answers for where her mom is. So, yeah. Wow. That's super powerful, man. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. I don't even have words just because that's just incredible that, that you can take, take something that started as, you know, just, you were trying to, you know, the memories thing and then like turning it's like kind of blossomed into this thing where people trust you with this information and are wanting you to look into it. Like that's really incredible. That was so wild to me about calling Kaylin was, um, just talking. She talked to me for three hours, you know, about her mom. And I'm like, that's such a special thing. She sent me, you know, photos of, um, stuff her mom had written her as a child, um, you know, childhood photos, things like that. And it was just really special to, for her to share that part of my life or of her life with me. And, um, for her to put that trust in me to create a story that would well represent her mother and hopefully provide them answers. But it just was, um, it was, it was really nice to, um, have her trust. And I, it's, it's funny because I messaged her the other day and I was like, I feel like we're friends now, you know, and, um, and now we're friends on Facebook and like all, and we talk. So it's, it's just nice, you know, that's awesome. I, I think it's so cool what you are doing. And I just have to also say like, um, I appreciated for the record, uh, your free Brittany, uh, post as well. I am like firmly like we could like do an entirely separate podcast just on Britney Spears and her whole, uh, situation and how she absolutely needs to be freed from this conservatorship. But, um, yeah, I, I love how you bring a voice to really, in my opinion, anyone and everyone like, and that's really kind of the beauty of, like journalism. And that's why whenever anyone like kind of like looks at me and is like, oh, you're on TikTok again. I'm like, you don't realize what people are doing on this app. Like people are literally changing the world. And that sounds like sometimes very like head in the sky kind of thing. But I'm like, it's true. People are quite literally changing the world. They're you're watching animals uh, be rehabbed by people who you would have never previously had any idea what it takes to do that. You're seeing people who are going out and feeding communities and making it possible through the creator fund because they're getting the money that they can then go and put back into their communities. Like you're seeing like legitimately 
awesome things. I've learned so much from TikTok. And like, I think what you're doing, Danielle, is just so neat. And so I love how you said, like, I hope it continues to grow. I hope it continues to grow for you. Got a pretty good feeling that uh, you're, we're going to be like looking back on this episode one day and being like, wow, that was so cool. You'll be like selling out like (laughs) venues for like live like shows and we'll just be like wow that's so cool that she was on our podcast (laughs) we knew her we know her (laughs) we know her I'm just gonna send this podcast to everyone so they can just be like we wait look we knew her one (laughs) well thank you thank you hopefully I don't know hopefully we'll be able to to make a difference that's like the main thing so yeah hopefully Mm -hmm. I love it and if you're somebody who like we always encourage everyone with this podcast if you if you have a TikTok and you would like to follow Danielle again, it's the easiest way she told me this and she was right. The easiest way to find her is just to search spirit of Danny. I do love the, um, Halloween pumpkin and wine (laughs) in your name as well. Uh, but you can also search D E L L O L I O D. We'll link it in the show notes as well. So you can go follow her and keep up with her. Um, because it, it is, if you are a true crime fan or just a fan of somebody doing awesome stuff, Danielle is definitely your person. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, no, we just appreciate you joining the podcast. Thank you so much. This is yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always so like, I always wonder like for our listeners, by the way, you can email us at any time at mind your pop. <laughs> goodness gracious I always just like miss words or say the wrong email address mind your own podcast at hailvarsity.com and you can let us know um what you want to hear about on this show the thing is is like we we topically stick to sports but not always and I kind of love that because you know to be honest with all of you uh, sports gets heavy. And honestly, yeah. if you're a Nebraska fan right now, sports are feeling kind of heavy again. Real heavy. So- <laughs> the weight of the world heavy. <laughs> so Danielle, thank you for providing like the absolute best distraction right now. Cause I think <laughs> we need it. I think everybody who's listening, get up, go walk outside unless you're in the Pacific Northwest to which I say like Godspeed to all of you. Um, but drink some water, wear your seatbelt, just like do some general self-care and listen to this podcast and send it to your friends. I was going to say, don't forget to like and review and uh, subscribe and all that. So that when our new podcast episodes do drop, they go straight to your phone. And I'm going to also just say, mind your own podcast does not have its own TikTok so far. I mean, Sasha and I have our own TikTok accounts and maybe we can like better use them for mind your own. <laughs> um, I, but Again, follow Danielle on TikTok, but I'm also going to give a plug. Follow Meathead Test Kitchen, Sasha's other podcast on TikTok, because when Danielle is talking about like just women having um, taking up space in uh, a place like TikTok, Meathead Test Kitchen is also doing that. And the the stupid part is they're also getting mansplained by people who want to tell them how (laughs) they should work out, how they should do things And like Sadie and Sasha have been like super gracious because I'm going to tell you right now, part of the only reason I'm glad I have not gone viral on TikTok yet is because I would probably fight people. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's been interesting. Just like those comments come in and I'm like, you want to take this one or do I got it? Cause I mean, And we're obviously not going to be, you know, as sweary as we normally would be probably (laughs) actually we're more confrontational in person, but we also don't want to turn anybody off. There's not a paper trail that way. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's been fun. 
follow follow women creators follow people of color on tiktok as well like provide platforms to people because um it, it is a better space when more voices are included so um seriously by the way last thing i'll say and then we will let you go danielle but again the thing with tiktok is if you don't like a video or you scroll past it too fast or something happens you never see it again but i Mm. did see this one video which i wish i would have liked her but she went undercover as a man on tiktok to see how tiktok sir like what his like what his algorithm would look like Mm. um so she were to sign up and put in her bio she is a a man between these ages, this is where he lives, blah, blah, blah. What would he be shown? Um, it's like military, uh, guns, uh, beer. Like, I mean, it's very stereotypical. And so underage girls. Did you underage girls? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> me on my true crime platform, I get real heated about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, that's such a good point. So like, if you are like, I honestly, honestly though, because my fiance has TikTok and like his is mostly food because he has like curated a algorithm for himself now that is mostly just like people grilling hamburgers. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he's a big food person. So like, it's good. His algorithm is what he wants it to be. But I honestly, I feel like when I talk with other people about TikTok, women are always like, yeah, I love TikTok. It's great because our algorithms look very, very different. If you are a man who signs up for TikTok and you feel like your algorithm is not serving you because you're getting stuff that is just like, oh my gosh, I don't need underage women on my timeline. I don't need this like almost aggressive push of military in my face. Mm -hmm. Um, Search out people like Danielle, search out Meathead Test Kitchen, invite other creators into your space and tell TikTok that's not what I'm looking for because that is that is what they they need to realize that like just because someone shows signs up and checks the mailbox mm-hmm. for uh TikTok does not mean that like that's this what is what they want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, yeah, I have to say I checked out Meathead Tets Kitchen last night for the first time <laughs> and it has like inspired me to like start eating better and like just going out and like getting my physical health up to where my mental health is. <laughs> Amen. That's awesome. <laughs> I it is a good podcast. Y'all y'all are both of you are doing great things and like I said subscribe to meathead test kitchen go follow danielle on tiktok follow me head test kitchen on tiktok i never do a good job promoting myself you can follow, come follow me follow <laughs> you can follow aaron Sorensen. it's like hello aaron marie if it's not my full name somewhere because you know my name is generic enough but the last thing i posted on tiktok was me trying the hair curling t- t- tutorial with socks which just fair warning uh works great really difficult to sleep in it is it is not like comfortable so like if you come check it out and you're like oh Aaron your hair looks great uh yeah uh I made a sacrifice for it it was a sacrifice I did not sleep well so uh beauty is apparently pain and that is a pain that I am not willing to live through again (laughs) well Danielle thank you so much again for joining us we really appreciate it for everyone listening we'll link everything and we hope hopefully we can have you back on at some point. I hope so. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. 
Thank you. And everyone listening, email us, mind your own podcast at hillvarsity.com. Follow us on Twitter at Sasha72 at Aaron Sorensen. And we'll be back next Wednesday, I promise, with name, image, and likeness. But to be honest, this was way more fun for me to talk to Daniel about (laughs) uh, this week. So we will talk to you next week. Thanks as always. Have a, have, I don't, I'm failing to end this. Have a great week. See you later. (laughs) Bye. A Huda Media Production.